and welcome back to The Catch. I'm Michael Adams, your host, and I'm joined by my co-host today, David McCormick. Dave, what's up? Not much, Michael. Just hanging out. What's yeah. good, everyone? I know David and I were just talking actually before this podcast. Um, there were some uh, chance happenings at both of our houses that was kind of weird recently. Um, by chance, I mean we both almost lit our own individual houses on fire this week. Um, myself was not my fault. It was my father's fault. But we actually uh, we got a brisket, and my brother had a smoker. And my dad's like, oh, let's try and like, smoke a brisket, like get real fancy with it. Never had done before either. And we're smoking this brisket. Um, we're inside eating lunch, and it's outside smoking. And my mom walks around the corner and screams. And my dad and I are like, what? Like, what is happening right now? It's, it's noon. What that terrifying could be happening at noon in small town Illinois? And she starts screaming that our house is on fire. And so we run outside and the smoker had caught a, so we had a plant right next to it, had caught the plant on fire and the plant was just in a full blaze. And it, it was right next to our house as well. And so it was just like, just a line, it's like a domino effect, like boom, 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 house. Um, and we got out there just before the house actually caught on fire, but there are some scorch marks on the side now, like a bird mark. Um, but we legitimately, my dad had a, like a hose and he was hosing it down. I had like blankets I was trying to smother and it was truly terrifying. I've never seen, I don't know, a house on fire like that before. Like that's like my own, I guess. Praise God. But it actually sent me back to our times, David, of RA training when you and I were firemen together. Firemen for a day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, many people don't know this, but David and I actually went through full fireman training for a singular day, um, part of a team building activity. But David and I were part of like the same like little squadron, um, and him and I were the ones in charge of breaking down the door. Which, if you've never broke down a door, I will tell you right now, there's nothing in this world that will make you feel more manly and more alive than breaking a door down. May I also clarify that we broke the door down with an axe, like a, like like a big boy axe. Yeah, it wasn't a baby axe. It was a big boy axe. Yeah, I just remember the, like the fire chief was there, and I was getting a little door prop thing, and you were hitting it with the axe, and we're going like pull, pull, and we got it open, and like within like thirty seconds, because the time I tried previously with another partner took us like six minutes, mm-hmm. and the fire chief was like, "That's the quickest I've seen in a while. Good job, gentlemen." And then Michael and I just looked at each other with like the same look of just like pure joy. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> this is it. Words of affirmation. <laughs> um, and also, do you remember when we went in? So Michael and I part of like the same squadron. So they actually like went like kind of legit with us. And they like actually set like, a, like their practice building on fire. Michael and I had to go in like, and the other RAs were in their old squadrons. But we'd like go up against like a wall and – um, there's like fire like a couple of feet away from us uh, yeah but no had- n- no less than i mean i probably we were probably two feet away from this raging fire in the middle of the room and we were doing like a wall sweep to like try and find bodies they were fake mm-hmm. bodies don't worry but i don't that was one of the weirder feelings i've ever had in my life looking to my left and just having a full blazing fire a foot away from my face <laughs> oh yes it was terrifying and what was even more terrifying was remember when we found a body and we had to like carry them out, but I had to bring the ax inside with me. Mm-hmm. And so we bring the body out and I think it was you, you turn to me and you're like, where's the ax? And I was like, oh, I left it in the, I left it in the building that's on fire. <laughs> so we had to go back in and find the ax, which was kind of hot because it was a metal ax. But yeah, um, we have, we have had 
some run-ins with fire. Um, yeah. We had a, a situation at uh, the house where a, an unnamed roommate of mine was trying to figure out like how to put, I think it was baking like rice or something in the microwave and like the plastic bowl, it didn't fit. So he put it in a metal bowl and he was like oh. putting the metal bowl up to like a fully metal bowl was like putting it up to the microwave. Another one of our roommates walked in um, and was just like, what are you doing? And I could, I was in the basement. I heard him being like, you're trying to set the house on fire. And we also have had two roommates and I swear none of these have been me so far keyword so far who left the burner on. Um, so if our house makes it through the year without catching on fire, it's going to be a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Everyone please keep David's house in your prayers. <laughs> Don't pray for David, pray for his house. <laughs> Absolutely. And Michael, clarifying question with your story. So you guys are trying to put out the fire. At what point did the fire have to get to where you guys would have been like, you know what, this is too much. We need to call the fire department. Like, where was the line with that? Honestly, since it was me and my dad, it like had the house fully caught on fire, I think we would have immediately called the fire department. But secondly i don't think that my dad would have just been like okay cool it's like hang out now until the firemen get here and like take care of it like he would have been yelling at me to go get another hose or do something else get buckets of water and try to put it out ourselves um but we handled it very fast i mean we had it like handled within a minute which was really impressive but had it gone maybe another minute without my mom catching it who knows we were just like honestly praise god that you got out of the table walked over to the side of the house and saw it because had you not saw it who knows what could have happened then Um, it was our garage all of our cars were parked inside so it would have been a hazard uh kind of reminded me though because it was very smoky um like whatever it was in the plant was burning was like very smoky and it reminded me again when we were at that training and uh there was one point we had to walk upstairs if you remember this and we were putting up putting out fires upstairs and it was you and i and you were putting the fires out and i just had my hand on your back and the person who was supposed to watch us left us and it was just you and I, and we couldn't see because of the smoke that consumed us. I started grabbing your back and just yanking you as hard as I can down the stairs with me <laughs> to get out of the room. And I was like, I just, it was just so reminiscent of that day for me. It was, it was terrifying because it was actually real life. I was like, my real home could burn down, but still mm-hmm. I felt like a firefighter again. Exactly. Now that you had that training, you know, you were able to put it out quickly. Um, I do remember that very specifically. Yeah, that like whoever was supposed to be with us, like I think something happened in the 80s, I like, couldn't make it, but no one like relayed to us on the radio. Mm-hmm. So I just remember like, oh, I'm going to take out this fire and then I couldn't see you. And I felt like a hand just like grab on my back and you started like pulling me out. <laughs> and we got to the fire and I'm like, also because we couldn't really hear each other, I'm like slapping, I'm like, it's okay, I can walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were, you were like, let me go. Yeah, oh, fond memories, you know. The only other thing, if, if our house does ever catch on fire and we have an axe present, I mean, just take down the door. Exactly. It's all just, for, just for fun. Yeah, why not? Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe when our lease is up, we're probably not going to go to security and pass it back anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, kiss that goodbye already. <laughs> so, Michael, I did prepare a topic for today. I, I, um, I've heard. What, what yes. could this topic be? The rumors, the rumors are indeed true. Um, so I've been kind of thinking, you know, especially since like being at home all summer and even now um you ever just get the feeling that like you should just be doing more than what you're currently doing all the time literally all the time (laughs) i figured because i also (laughs) i also have that feeling i'm always based on action it's like all the action i want all i want it all i don't want a little bit of the action i want all the action so it's always a constant fight 
exactly right because like we were like oh man i should be doing something that's like i i should just be doing more right and a lot mm-hmm. of times you kind of base our self-worth on like on our actions um so i kind of been feeling that a little bit especially when like we were all in quarantine and you really couldn't do much right like you mm-hmm. could do like the things that you needed to do um but yeah that's something i've kind of struggled with like the last few months is like you know we want to make an impact right on other people right we want to live our lives like jesus um and a lot of times we think well man jesus was preaching to the crowds he was sleeping outside with the apostles he was traveling he's doing all these great things it's like man i need to pack up my stuff and i need to go to the local central illinois towns and i need to like start preaching there right like i need to live my life exactly like jesus did mm-hmm. um and i was just been kind of taking that taking that to prayer um and one day just it just slapped me just right out of nowhere i was like man jesus's ministry where he was traveling and doing that was only three years which yeah. then led me to the question what was he doing the other 30 years so i guess just the topic being why why did jesus wait 30 years to start his ministry right i mean think about how many how many other people right that he could have reached um how many other things he could have done with those years so why did he wait until like until he was 30 to like officially like officially start that ministry and start traveling and preaching in that capacity yeah i'm very interested to see where this goes actually that's a really good question i've thought about it too and my the only answer i really ever come up with is like you know he was preparing for his ministry and like the world wasn't ready he wasn't ready he had to prepare for this but I don't really know if that answer is like sufficient. So I'm, I'm interested to see what you have to say with it. I would say you're partially right. And it's kind of annoying that you got it that early. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like we sometimes just kind of like feel the same way, right? That like we, um, we have so much to do right now. Um, we need to write books. We need to start doing all these things. We need to have these big impact. And especially if we're limited now with COVID, we're probably not gathering in large gatherings to preach to crowds um at least with like the new campus restrictions on u of i it would be against the rules to do that mm-hmm. um and that might be true to like for some people maybe that is the call to action um mm-hmm. you, maybe you might need to take that leap but that's not for everyone though. Like, uh, for all of us in this point of our lives that's not necessarily the case that we need to go out um and do all these incredible things so i think the virtue that comes to mind is patience mm something that i struggle with something i'm terrible at (laughs) hey excuse (laughs) you i'm sorry i should not have assumed um okay but this is just kind of i just kind of have a list um and then just from there just kind of just want to discuss about you know those 30 years right yeah because god does something um during these years that cannot be done any other way so in my in my research, um, I stumbled upon like a reflection from this guy named William Barclay, and he was an evangelical theologian. Um, so he actually had kind of tackled this, and he had really gotten it down to what he believed to be like three big reasons that I would say are pretty important. So I just kind of want to go with you um, just one by one, and we yeah. just kind of talk about it. All right, so first one. Jesus carried out uh, family tasks with fidelity and he did all like the small things at that point. Well, before his ministry to prepare himself, like to prepare him. 
Interesting. That's kind of like that whole the, the phrase of saying like um, small things make big things happen. You know, you, you can't mm-hmm. expect to change the world before you, or it's the, I think it might've been a Marine commander who was like, you know, if you want to change the world and if you want to be successful, start by making your bed in the morning. Oh yes, I know. My dad tells me about every three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't make my bed. So maybe that's, you know, maybe that's an indicator of my success, but um, that idea of just, you can't expect to be successful and be able to do and achieve large things until you first achieve the simple things in your life. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Right? And it's not just, it's not just doing the small things, right? Not just going through the motions, but doing the small things well. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That a lot of times I feel like we think tasks are beneath us. Um, whether it's like, yeah, why do I need to make my bed? Why do I need to do the dishes? Like I can do those. I'll go through the motions, but why do I need to do them well? And I think Jesus gives us just a perfect example that he spent a lot of times with his family, right? With Mary, with Joseph uh, in, in Nazareth for a good chunk of time. And he was doing family tasks like with fidelity, right? He was doing the small things well. And I think that was just one just preparing him also for his ministry and giving us an example of how to do the small things. Yeah. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, I've always kind of thought um, we had like a men's group on it a couple of years ago, but so like to think about like where you want to be in a few years, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it could be like professionally or even spiritually yeah. um, or even by the end of the year and think are the daily, like what, what I'm doing daily, does that match up with those long-term goals? Is there a disconnect there? I don't, I, I don't I'm shaking my head very passionately right now as David talks. <laughs> Um, this has been something that I've been thinking about a lot and remind me to share an idea I have later with you. Um, but this idea of like actually making plans for our lives. Um, and this is kind of one of the things I really want to make a point on too, is like the Christian call is not a complacent call. It's, it's not a call where we just sit back and let God do all the work. Um, like he invites us to be a very active participant in our mission. Um, and that starts by making a plan. I was actually recently at confession uh, about a week and a half ago um, and this priest was discussing with me. He's like, you know, how have you grown in the last say 90 days? I was naming some stuff and he's like, well, how do you want to grow in the next 90 days? I was like, well, I don't know. I haven't really thought of that. Um, I know how I have grown, but I, I don't really know exactly what I need to grow with now. And he kind of said to myself, he's like, you know, you need to break down your year into kind of four different quadrants, you know, this first quarter, I am going to work on these virtues. And here are four different ways that I can concretely grow in this. And I I love what you're saying about that. Just making a plan, choosing what growth you want to actually achieve and how to achieve that. You can't expect to build a wall before you first look up what ingredients do I need to actually build a wall? You know, you have to know the roadmap before you can get to the end of the road. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to do tangible things. Like if you want, for your example, to build the wall, like you have to use like tangible things if you're going to build a wall. Right there. So yeah. like being like, Oh, I want to, I have the ingredients, but I don't know how to start, how to build a wall. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I've kind of had that even spiritually being like, Oh man, well, I really want to get better at once again, we always get back to, it. I really want to get better at Alexio Divina. Well, if I'm not reading scripture daily, and I'm not doing that. How am I, if my day-to-day actions is not like matching up with the long-term goals, how am I expecting to get better? My 
current plan, the plan I've had in the past is, oh, it'll just happen. There'll be mm -hmm. one day where it'll be the perfect opportunity. And then that day I will take advantage. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be ready for it too. <laughs> yes. Which yeah. um, has not happened. Everyone stay tuned. If it does, I'll let everyone know. Exactly. Um, but Maybe until then, as you were saying, just being active. Um, yeah. Being an active participant. So you see that right with, with Jesus, right? That he, was carrying out like small family tasks, right? Like I said, with fidelity. He was doing the small things well. And we obviously don't know exactly what he was thinking about, like to, I feel like if we had to guess, like to do the small things well, right? The daily actions to lead to like a long-term goal. Mm -hmm. I'd agree. We good? We work good on that one. I love it. Okay. I'm, I'm fired up now. I'm excited to see where the rest of these go. That is step one. Also, a reminder to share your idea later. Not now, but later. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so the second step is that he lived out his own teaching. I know you're laughing because I stopped my camera later. Um, <laughs> so step number two um, is that he lived out his own teaching, right, in those years. So it's something I had never even thought about really before, but, like, he had relationships, right? So mm -hmm. like with like relationships, like with his mother, with his father, you have to imagine he did not keep to himself in Nazareth. He most likely like knew the locals, had relationships with different people, even like his apostles as he's starting his ministry, right? He had like friendships with them. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, he totally gives us the example um, that we can like refer back to in his teaching, right? Um, I hadn't even thought about this, but during his time, during his ministry, people probably said, you know, like, oh, well, if he, he's telling us to do all these things, but like he could be a hypocrite because he hasn't done them himself, right? You're telling us to detach from familial relations, but what do you know about that if he were to just walk around the desert for his entire life and not talk to him? Yeah. But in reality, he had those relationships, right? In order to do mm -hmm. his ministry, he had to like temporarily part from Mary, right? So then when he tells, when he tells us and he teaches us that, Sometimes, like, you might have to um, do things that, like, might hurt familiar relationships because I come first. It's a really bad butchering paraphrase of scripture. But when he's saying that, it's like he, he, has, he has given up, not given up, but, like, he has, he has had those relationships with people. And he currently is not with them because he's doing, like, what his father wants him to do. Yeah. And he did not tell us, he, he did not say like, do as I say, right? He yeah. wasn't commanding. He actually lived us. He actually lived it out. He said, um, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. So that's John 13, 15, right? Yeah. And I don't know about you, but for me, that makes, I don't, I don't want to use this word, uh, but I'm going to use it. Um, <laughs> this may, it just makes things seem much more <laughs> legit. <laughs> 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 But no, like, I, I honestly don't think that's bad. Um, we, in my mind, it's kind of like he's building his credibility. You know, why would anyone believe him if he wasn't living it out himself? Um, yeah, if if he was to come and do the Sermon on the Mount, he's saying all these things about the kingdom of God. And it's like, who are you to tell us about this? You aren't even like practicing religion or you are doing nothing like you are in the scandalous life where you're doing all these xyz things that are terrible it's like why would we believe him you know you have to exactly. almost kind of like when you're getting a job like your resume you have to have experience you have to be able to prove that you can do this job in those 30 years it sounds like you know he's building that credibility so that when people do see him speak it's like oh 
that's Jesus. Yes, I, I know him. I watched him grow up. Yes, this, this is what he's been about his entire life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that he, that, that people knew, people like knew who he was before his ministry. He didn't just hide out for 30 years and no mm-hmm. one knew who he was. And someone's like, oh, hello, everyone. Like, I'm Jesus. You guys, none of you guys know me. People knew that, like, especially in Nazareth, right, that like, people knew who he was. And that's actually why some people struggled to accept his teaching because they knew who he was beforehand. Yep. But I think for others, it's just a, such a, such a great invitation, right, into his love that if we're struggling with things, um, he had he has experienced us. He has he had friendships, right? He had like he was a son, right? Like Mary mm-hmm. was his mother. Like he had that relationship. So he by doing that has set an example of like albeit a perfect example, but he has set an example for us to follow. Yeah. Um and that we um that we do not like doubt those things when he says it. So that was step two. Oh baby, what's of step things three? he did during those 30 years. Yeah. So step three is kind of similar to step two, but basically, so if Jesus was to help others, he had to know how they lived. Right. It, it mm. kind of a similar thing, but being like much more applicable that he was for like the, for those years, like he was a, a common man, right. He knew the problems of life, right. Yeah. He knew how to work, right. How to labor, how to make a living, how to balance things. Um, and that really kind of just shows that, shows the glory of incarnation, right? That we don't have to face a problem that Jesus did not also face. Yeah. That makes that's sense. Like, that's so, something that's been like, like helped me in like different battles. It's more like I'm not, I'm not experiencing anything that Jesus did not experience as well. Like anything that I've gone through, anything that I will go through, Jesus also experienced. It might be different how he experienced it, but like if it's abandonment, Jesus definitely felt abandonment. If it's betrayal, he definitely felt betrayal. If it's just sorrow and sadness, we can look to him crying when he finds out that Lazarus has died. He's not a robot. Like he, he knows our emotions. And again, like these 30 years, it's really kind of eye opening to hear you talk about this. Cause yeah, it allows him to almost better love his creation to more intimately know our daily struggles and our daily sufferings. And when it is time for his ministry, when he turns 30, now he knows how to tailor to his audience. He knows what they're struggling with. He knows what they need to hear. He knows how to better love them and to better speak to them in a way that can actually lead them into conversion. But had he not spent those 30 years kind of studying and getting to know the creation, I mean, he was God and all all good and all perfect, so he probably would have been fine. But Yeah, I I I think it would have been okay. He would have been fine, but still, it just seems a little bit different. Like, it seems like it, it was a very well, well use of his time, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He spent that time, right. To live with, live among his creation. Mm-hmm. And as he came down to like, and to be like fully man and fully divine, but like to live as man, he did not come down and surround himself with riches or live the easy life or at the same time with something that's like not applicable to us, right? He lowered himself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like he was, he was born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. He was born in a stable, right? Like in like the lowest of the low places. And that's not exactly how you'd think like, wow. But it kind of shows us that in order to, in order to really get to know him, we also have to lower ourselves as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is so, beautiful. So yeah, it's been 
so sometimes like when I'm thinking like even just doing a menial task being like well, what's the point like I should be doing so many other stuff right now like I need to be doing more important things but there's a purpose to it right that to know that yeah Jesus spent like I said 30 years like where he he did not rush it he spent time right spent yeah. time getting to know everyone he spent time I also just like would love to because a lot of times I feel like a lot of times we read scripture as Jesus is being almost like a robot, right? Yep. So like sometimes it just seems like very like lifeless, but to know that he actually, he said like he was a man, he had, he had those friendships, right? He showed emotion. A lot of times we think of just being like emotionless yeah. like in, in the gospels, but I would love to, I would love to just know more about like his relationship with Mary. Oh just, my like, goodness. Day to day, like mother to son, like what was that? what was that like? Yeah. I would just like love to be a fly on the wall and just to like, just like know and just like experience that. And it just, it just leads just such a beautiful example for how we should live our life. And also that we're never alone if we're yeah. facing struggles. That's yeah. kind of what you were saying. Like if you're like, I had a couple years ago, I was like, Oh man, like I'm just, I'm just like really like, I like really just had like a tough time, like juggling things. I don't want to like, let, you know, so like, you know, I've talked about like, having trouble time, like letting things go. Like, I really don't want to like let things go. It's like, well, Jesus could have stayed in one town. Jesus could have stayed in Capernaum for his entire ministry. Yeah. But he knew like, you know what? I've done work here. And I think it was a gospel about a week or two ago. It's like, but, like I've done work here now. I actually need to move on to the next town. Yep. So it's like he, he has experienced that. And um, it's just like, like kind of summaries. Yeah. By like lowering himself and like living with us, he's given us. A perfect example. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm honestly kind of speechless right now, David. This is very uh, convicting. I'll give it to you. Thank you. Do not, do not expect this good of preparation <laughs> for, for all of them. Right, it's, a, it's a good start to it, though. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, like, after hearing that, because this is still something I'm honestly still processing, mainly because I prepared for this today. <laughs> so I'm still very much processing. Um, but it's just something I've been thinking about for a while, but like how does that change how we view our time right now? If even if we think it's a transition period. Just like in quarantine, do you mean? And just in quarantine or even it's just, just like, life. you know, I'm in I'm in school or in life, you know, you feel like you're in a transition period and you're feeling like I should be doing more. Like how does this change how we view it? For me, honestly, and this is something that I've been kinda of coming to more understand over the past several months um is just trusting in god's timing um understanding like how much i want to like how much i expect out of myself and how much i expect out of god is typically far too much um like sometimes i think we expect to be like saints within like the year it's like i'm gonna be a saint by the time i'm 23 and then you hit 23 you're like ah 24 (laughs) you know he keeps going back and forth um and something i read that was really beautiful um, a couple of months ago was, you know, Jesus has you where you are for a reason. Um, if he wanted you to be somewhere else, he'd put you there. Um, and just the ultimate call to trust that he will call you into that call when it is time, whether it's like vocationally speaking, like priesthood, married life, really anything, or just even a job. Like if it hasn't happened yet, there's a reason. Um, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get that call. 
It just means that it's not right now, whatever the reason may be. And for myself, if I felt this deep kind of sensation of just, yeah, I'm not ready yet. You know, I want this big giant call, but maybe I'm not ready. Um, maybe there's some more growth that needs to occur. And, you know, maybe there's a reason that I need to wait and be patient. And I think this kind of further emphasizes the need for patience um, within, for me, it's always vocation. Like, I think this is the thing that most of us try to rush the most is our vocation. Um, but even just like, what am I going to do with my life? What, where am I going to work? What am I going to do to make money? How am I going to survive? All of these things is, when we look at the reality of it, like, 30 is so young, like 30 is so young in today's world, like with today's life expectancy, and it's going to be only increasing 30 is so young. And if you don't have your life figured out by the time you're 30, it's okay. Jesus didn't start acting until 30. You can survive. And even if it's, I mean, even if you're older, even if you're 50, 60, 70, I think it's even a greater opportunity to say, yeah, I've been preparing all of this time and now I can do something about it. Uh, maybe I just turned 70. That doesn't mean I have to sit back and just accept my life for what it is. No, like I can call into action and for the next 10 years of my life, I can really do things that I love and I want to do. Um, just that idea of never being trapped. And this is something that's told me is like, you're never trapped. You can always make a change. Just do it. Um, it it's just beautiful to think that kind of Christ's life reveals that to us even further. 100%. Yeah, and, and I haven't even like thought about it too much in that sense of being like, yeah, when you, it's like never too late, right? Even if we, a lot of times we put ourselves into boxes to be like, oh, well, I can't do this now. I'm either too old or too young. Um, but you know, like that time is, yeah, for a purpose. And when that call comes, the good thing is that you can pray. And like I have, is like when that call comes, even if I don't think I'm ready, like give me the courage to see it mm-hmm. and, and, and to take it. I guess like the, the, the awareness to see it and the courage to take it. Right. Yeah. Um, but to not just, I guess like to not be um, anxious in that time where you can be growing. And when that call mm-hmm. comes, trust in the Lord, right. And trust in yourself that yeah. whatever it is that you'll know what it is and you'll take it. And you'll always, if you're united to him and you're working to that, like he will never lead you astray. Yep. And I guess another, like even more tangible example is like for, like the priesthood, right? Like you're thinking like, oh, I think I'm having like a call to the priesthood. It's like, well, they're in seminary for seven years. So like, oh, well, wouldn't it make more sense? Like, oh, you have this fire to be a priest right now. Boom, let's use it. Yeah. Let's go out and put you on the front lines. And like, in certain senses, that's good. And I do know like they do like parish assignments over the summer, but there also is something important to be like, we're going to take time. We're going to form you. And in like, it's a long time, but in like in, in those seven years, you're probably gonna learn a lot about yourself. Um, and even just hearing about so like some of our friends who are in seminary, like their daily schedule. So yeah. like, it's just a lot of time, like just doing the small things well. Um, and something to be completely honest, like I used to always hate it when my parents would talk about doing the small things well, because yeah. the small things weren't fun, right? Nope. They weren't enjoyable. I wanted to, I wanted to do the big things. Mm-hmm. Um, but to actually, there's actually beauty in just doing all the small things and the Lord is always there. And by doing that, you're, even if we can't see it, by staying united and we're preparing ourselves for whatever he has in store us. And it also, yeah, it's never, it's never too late. Never like be afraid to, um, do you think if he's calling you to something that like, you didn't really expect? Like it's never, it's, it's never too late to change course. Yeah. Those are usually the sense. most fun calls. 
Um, oh yeah, I love those. Yeah, but you did hit it on the head really with that idea of just formation. We can look at those first 30 years of Jesus's life as his formation, um, just as we can look at like the years of our life as formation. I think of my own self and, you know, there's years, I know I've talked to you about this, like years of my life that I wish I would have done things very differently. You know, there's a lot, a lot of us live with that. Um, whether it's like, oh, I shouldn't have made that decision or I should have done this or that differently. Yeah, maybe you should have. Um, but it's also part of your formation. Now you have the ability to speak to a very different situation that somebody else might not. Um, like I know like there's a very certain amount of like guys in my life who I can relate to in a very different way than other people can just because of past decisions. Um, and so understanding like God doesn't waste anything. Like he doesn't, he doesn't leave any of the scraps. He, he doesn't let it just sit there and go to waste. He uses all of it to greater, greater, his glory and further his kingdom. I could not have said that better myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was actually funny enough. I was thinking right as basically you said it, like even if it's past like mistakes that we've made, like he, God isn't like, Oh, you made the wrong decision there. You made a mistake. I'll see you later, man. I, I laid it out for you. No, like he still works with that. Right? He still loves us. He's never going to abandon us. And yep. even looking back to be like, okay, well, I think I might've strayed from the path back in this moment, but it's like he worked with that. And actually, and by like reuniting, trying to like unite myself to him and his heart, like I'm starting to realize that there were, there was still a lot of good that came out of that. And yeah. I also just think that, that that's very freeing as well to yeah. think about like where we're going in our life and what he desires for us. That is. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is awesome. So you almost lighting your house on fire. There might be some good that came out of that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You know, give me like two years to reflect on it. I'm sure it'll be something very providential in my life. <laughs> um, we'll see though. Not yet. It has not revealed itself. When you become a professional uh, cook and you're smoking brisket all the time. Yes, yes. I, I will always come back to this moment and say, this is the motivation. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my phone. It's happening again. David's phone keeps falling because maybe get a peep and angle of him. Yeah. Rest of us. You're, you, you better not use like that clip of my phone falling for like, you know, you know, how, like for those guys who don't follow the cash on social media, you should Michael always posts like, like snippets sometimes for the podcast. Yep. The previews. I'm definitely yeah, going to use it for the if preview. If you don't want my phone falling, I'm, I'm off the show. John's going to have to come back. <laughs> I'm honestly going to make two of them. One of them's going to be serious. And the other one's going to be you with your phone just falling. <laughs> well, then the first time me trying to play it off as you were just laughing in the background. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh man well this has been amazing um we all good david yeah it, it's been a, an honor and a pleasure yeah to of course and talk to you about this yeah me too dude um yeah everyone thank you for listening please keep david and i in your prayers this year um david is in school right now studying still so keep him and his discernment of all of life uh in your prayers um as well as myself but if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at thecatchcc at gmail.com. You'll be hearing from Dave and I again very shortly. So uh, make sure to keep tuning in. We will see you guys later. Thanks, guys. Peace.